Thank you for tuning into this new episode of the 35K Day Podcast. I am your host, Michael David, a.k.a. MDM Dizzle. <laughs> Man, today we're going to talk about, honestly, a, a, a good subject, rejection, the pain of rejection, why rejection sucks, and why we typically have a hard time getting over it but how's the best way to overcome it? And I'm gonna be sharing this with you from true experience, uh, true empathy, because I've been dumped, I have been fired, I have been set up, I've been thrown under the bus. I've faced rejection in a lot of different ways. And it took me a long time to really understand what, what rejection was why it happens and how do I respond to it? And I want to be able to give you some, some insights, uh, from as a kid, man, I was driven by approval. I wanted everybody to like me. I I mean, that that's a part of who we are innately that goes back to like our hunter gatherer times of prehistoric man, you know, we were not in big numbers and there, there was a safety in numbers in our village, in our tribe. And, you had a fear of being ostracized, being left to survive on your own. And typically at that time, you didn't. <laughs> it was nearly impossible to survive alone. Because of that, what we have found is over time from that conditioning of that fear, that rejection within the neural pathways of our brain, when we are rejected, by someone, it equates to a certain level of pain, physical pain, like it's directly correlated. The brain doesn't see a difference because it it immediately addresses a huge fear we have, and that's not being accepted by someone that we want acceptance from. Now, again, this could be in a marriage, in dating, in a family relationship dynamic, siblings, parents, close friendships, your social circle of, of, of acquaintances, of friends, the workplace, sports teams. And in this era, especially in social media, you know, we title rejection in a lot of funny ways, gossip, hater raid, <laughs> And it, it, it's not that it is now more than what it used to be. It's just becoming more visible. It's more exposed as well as our, our own fears. And I want to help you through this because it, it, here's the struggle with rejection. It is an emotional response, emotional, deep, deep emotion, painful. It's like you just cut my arm off and Emotion and logic are like oil and water. They just don't mix. And it's very difficult for logic to really help pull you out of that emotional turmoil. Because rejection is that sense of utter, you don't belong here anymore. I mean, when you look at life and you, you try to recall physical pain, 
your brain pathways will respond with kind of like a meh. In other words, that memory alone won't elicit like a, a physical pain. But try reliving a painful rejection. You'll be flooded with the same feelings you had at that time. And your brain will respond much as it did at that time. Because our brain prioritizes rejection experiences because we're social animals. We, we th- live and thrive in tribes. And this leads to an aspect about rejection we often overlook. You know, we all have a fundamental need to belong to a group. It, it's our innate need to belong. And when we get rejected, this, this need becomes destabilized. We, and it's a disconnection we feel that adds to our emotional pain. Reconnecting with those who love us, reaching out to members of groups where we feel have a strong affinity, who value and accept us, has been found to soothe emotional pain after a rejection. You know, we go to our friends. We want to go have, you know, girls night out. Uh, you want to go hang out with your boys. Because we want to go find some certainty of acceptance when we're feeling rejected in another area, whether it's a job, a relationship, dating, whatever it may be. Because feeling alone and disconnected after a rejection really has an often overlooked impact on our behavior. What's interesting is many years ago, the the, uh, Surgeon General issued a uh, interesting report that rejection was, was a greater risk for adolescent violence than drugs, poverty, or gang membership. I mean, the reason why gangs thrive is because of their acceptance when those kids are feeling rejected by their communities, by their families. A lot of studies have have shown that even mild rejections lead people to take out their regression on innocent bystanders. I mean, look at the shootings in the workplace, school shootings. Um, You know, Columbine is one for me in in my era that stands out because it was the two young men who wanted to inflict pain on other people because they felt socially rejected made fun of, called out, bullied. Violence in, against a significant other. Because much of that aggression that's rooted in rejection turned inward. And it's a sense of control because they're rejected by, they couldn't control their rejection. And so, again, we as people want to find a sense of certainty where we can find our our footing. And many times that's releasing that aggression on somebody else. That is, in a sense, under our influence because of their voluntary vulnerability in a relationship. But it's really funny how rejection especially in a, in a romantic way, sends us on this mission to seek and destroy our self-esteem. <laughs> you know, we respond to uh, romantic rejections by self-deprecation, you know, blaming ourselves, uh, just over-magnifying what we feel are inadequacies, kicking ourselves already when we're already down, you know, just shredding our self-esteem in, into a pulp, really. And, you know, really most romantic Rejections are a matter of honestly poor fit and a lack of chemistry, incompatible lifestyles, wanting different things at different times. Um, 
you know, other mutual dynamics that are really necessary in that relationship. And dating is one of those where rejection is actually over-magnified. Because the point, and I was actually talking about this to a friend of mine just the other day, dating, and I remember listening to this podcast of um, <laughs> these two hilarious ladies talking about just lives being single. And it made me think, you know, I dating was, uh, I'm not going to say fun, but it, it was a it was, it was somewhat exciting because you're, I was always finding more about myself. But as I grew, especially after my second divorce with my kid's mom, it, it was really determining, okay, where am I going wrong? I'm now the common thread through two marriages. What am I doing wrong? Because I'm the common thread here. I'm the common denominator. And I don't want to go through this again. And so it, it was a, okay, so I'm clearly looking at the wrong things in people. I'm looking at relationships wrong because I'm looking for acceptance versus looking for compatibility. And I think that's where a lot of times we miss it is we're strictly looking for somebody to accept us for who we are. I see this all the time when people, you know, just want to be supported for who I am, support my dreams, my vision, my goals, my ambitions. People want to be accepted for who they are, for who they feel they are now through life and the evolution of struggle. And if you're sitting here and you've been rejected by a significant other, by a friend, maybe fired, maybe laid off, maybe taken advantage of, thrown under the bus, you're feeling some sense of rejection. Here's what I had to learn how to do for myself and why I look at rejection as such a great opportunity and how I saw this in dating is actually a great thing because rejection in a relationship in dating, because the point of dating is to find out about each other over, over time that you're able to peel back the layers and see what areas actually work. You know, how does somebody respond when they're backed into a corner? Do they run? Do they blame? Are they a victim? Are they problem solvers? Are they go-getters? Are they somebody that um, gets violent, aggressive? How do they react? When, when shit really gets hard, that's the point. You know, it's easy to look at all the candy in the store which is, you know, like at a car dealership, they're not going to put the worst car they have in the showroom. <laughs> they want you to see the best they have. And then depending on what you can afford, maybe they end up showing you the, the older vehicles in the back. <laughs> but as Chris Rock said, when we're dating, we're not dating our true selves. We're dating our politician. We're, ba we're dating the, 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 the handshaker and the baby kisser. And I've typically found it takes about a year. A true, you know, in, in your 20s, 30s, you're not really giving time to be your true self. That's why my, like my kids, my daughter especially, she's 11. And I've told her, you're not going to have a boyfriend until you're 16, at least. Why, daddy? You know, she talks about boys she likes and things like that. And I said, look, boys are always going to try to impress you. You're never really going to know who they really are 
unless you're just a friend. I said, so just have all these guys be your bros, be bros. Because when the guys are no longer trying to date you, now they're going to relax because now they're not trying to impress you because they don't have an agenda. Now you're just hanging out. Now you're going to hear how they make fun of people. Are they judgmental? Are they cruel to people? How do they treat their mom? How do they talk about others? How do they talk about um, the escapades with girls, right? When you're part of the bros, that's going to tell you what kind of guy this is. When he's no longer trying to impress you, that's when you find out who he really is. And that's why in dating, typically it takes about a year, honestly, to really give somebody the time to relax and feel like they've now shown you the best parts and they've slowly but surely peeled back a couple of layers to show you a couple of bruises in their personality, their inadequacies, their fears, their tendencies. Over time, if you've, let's say, been dating somebody for a year, two years, three or four years, right? And now you're starting to really look at this person and be like, I don't know if this is really going to work anymore. I don't see the compatibility here because you're starting to see some tendencies in their personalities of how they react in certain scenarios. And it doesn't work with who you are as an individual. Well, it takes time. You know, I heard a lot of people, God, I just wasted four years of my life. Jesus Christ, like I worked at this company for 10 years and this is all they give me. They lay me off. Well, what did you gain from it? Right, it wasn't a waste of time. Look at all that you learned about yourself. Look at the amazing memories you had with this person and who you evolved because of it. Look at the fact that you actually had the self-awareness to go, oh, these things aren't working. And I talk about rejection being such a great thing in dating. It is a great thing because you're, you're able to get to know somebody over time and allow your guard to, to be brought down as you're really starting to, to gel and vibe with somebody. And then it comes to a point where maybe you see some things that are red flags. You know what? It's not going to work. Thanks. See ya. I mean, I was literally, I remember I was with, I was at dinner with this young lady, really nice, uh, beautiful, um, met at this restaurant and it was literally by the time I got the entree and it was such, I, I, it was listening to her rants of being a victim and how these people did this to her and how she retaliated this way. And it, it like very quickly, she made it so easy for me. <laughs> listening was like nails on a chalkboard because I knew the longer I'm with this person, I'm holding her back from meeting the guy she needs to be with. And I'm holding myself back from just not having to listen and tolerate to this negativity anymore. This is not a person that I want to invest any more time. And it just got the point. I said, you know what? It was in the entree. I said, look, it is, it's good to meet you, but I can just tell right off the bat, you and I are not compatible. And I, I really appreciate the time. This has been such a great restaurant. You and I could come together. I'm going to pick up the tab, um, but I'm going to go ahead and go. Now you might be like, man, MD, that was a dick move, bro. But look, I looked at it as this, this needs to be quick because the longer I sit here, it, it is, it is churning at me that I, I need to get, this is not the kind of person I want to be around. And that's the point of dating, learning yourself and other people, the standards at which you set of what you're going to accept, enable and fuel. 
What, what do you want to build with somebody? And it takes time. And as those things are unveiled, they're going to either reaffirm that this is a person you're going to continually be with, or these are things that are telling you, no, this is not going to work. Uh, she got a little mad. I heard about it from a, from a mutual friend, MD dude. I can't believe you left that chick. Like you left her at the restaurant. It's like, Hey man, look, I'll give you the quick jest. This is what happened. And I, I didn't want to do it anymore. Oh, you know what? I, I get it. That makes sense. And I wasn't a jerk about it. I wasn't because again, I like to treat people the way that I want to be treated. And I also respected her time and her life and her journey and clearly some struggles in her life that she had not really worked through yet. I am not here to be a savior. Now, my 20-year-old self would have had that rescuer mentality. And, oh, I want to be the guy that shows her love. I'm going to be the guy that, that rewrites her past. I'm not going to be that guy. Nope. Because I, in any relationship, the only way to have a, a fruitful, fulfilling relationship is when you're both contributing because you both want to bring strength and acceptance to one another in ways that matter to each other. But when you overlook certain tendencies and you know that these are not compatible with who you are, you're holding them back from meeting the person they should be with as well as yourself. You're doing yourself a disservice as well as them. And you're actually being extremely selfish by trying to think that you need to be in this relationship because of a self-servant tendency. Rejection has a lot of different forms. But what I encourage you is with rejection to take a step back from the emotion of the moment. Because look, if you have a best friend that throws you underneath the bus, which I've, I, I had, I mean, it, look, it's always going to make you... Uh, you know, second guess yourself, you know, even from the, the romantic rejections, um, you blame yourself, but the emotion and the logic of why did this happen? We always want to know why, why did this happen? Closure only comes from our own decision because look, if somebody rejects you, they just, they just told you right off the bat that the value you had for them is not equitable to the value they have for you. Because if they're going to stand there and reject you in a way that hurts you and it's significant, then they just showed you who they are. You know, my wife, uh, you know, showed me when I was working at this agency, I was really busy and you know, she would text me and I, you know, I was there from, you know, I would leave at six in the morning, get home at, you know, seven, seven, seven thirty at night. And I hit the ground running as soon as I walked through the doors, busy day. My day was packed. My schedule was tight, man. And she would text me and be like, Hey babe, how's your day? And I wouldn't respond. And I'll talk to her on the way home because I always called her and, the, and talked to her and the kids for, you know, the 45 minutes to an hour I was in the car. And so I could at least start spending some quote unquote time with them before I was actually home. And one evening she, she said, babe, um, you know, how come you don't text me back? I was like, what do you mean? 
and she would reply with, you know, texting me, you know, this is not a hundred times a day my wife is a very sane individual, very rational and also very open and honest. And one of the things that I admire so much about our relationship and she said, and she said, well, you know, I, I reach out and, and ask how your day is and I never hear back. And so I, you know, as the day progresses, I tend to get a little worried. Well, the immediate is to defend action. Well, babe, I love you. I'm just, I'm just busy, which is what everybody typically does. They, because again, the initial reaction is feeling rejected now that my wife is saying there's something I'm not doing that's good enough for her. And it's a sense of rejection where she's also feeling a sense of rejection because I'm not responding to her text when she's taking a little bit of time out of her extremely busy day to just reach out to her husband, the man that she loves, to essentially say, I'm thinking about you. Are you thinking about me too? The defensive reaction is, well, I'm just busy. But I love you though. Just know that. But that defensive reaction is out of self-defense, not empathy and not love until it clicked. And I was like, ah, aha, I I see what this is. My wife was feeling rejected by me. The last thing I ever wanted, the last thing. And I said, honey, you know what? I am... I I truly apologize because I do not want to be the reason why you feel that way. (laughs) Life is life is hard enough. The last thing I want to be is a, is a source of pain. I want to be the source of affirmation, the source of acceptance, the source of love. So I had to fix my shit and I'm a very practical guy. And again, I live by my Google calendar. And so what I did is Monday through Friday, mid morning, I picked various times, time blocks, you know, uh, 10 or 15 minute, whatever. And it was different every day of text your wife, you love her. Mid-afternoon, I got a notification because I programmed various times in the afternoon. Ask how wife's day was. And that's what I do. It was a logical way to solve the problem because I did not want to be the continual source And if I didn't fix my shit, she's going to continually feel rejected. And that's going to create a bigger issue from a very small thing that all I had to do was find a way to fit it into my process of my day so that my wife can feel thought of so that she can feel important and not feel rejected by her husband. And that's what worked for me that, that I had to find a way to adapt my process of what I live and breathe by that can facilitate that emotional support because that again, we love in the way that we want to be shown love. And I knew that that was important because it made my wife feel important, made her feel thought of, made her feel accepted. All the things that I wanted my wife to feel because of me, not rejection and discounted by something as small as a, as a text. And sure, texting might be a small thing, but in an emotional way, it can be a huge thing. And I want my life, my wife to feel loved. So that's what I did. 
as you're dating, you do the same thing. You know, we, we, we want to do things that, that allow people to feel as though they're important to us. But if you're in the workplace and somebody is, is gossiping about you, trying to sabotage you for a promotion or just creating negative rumor, the, the thing that, you, that is disrupting you and the fear is the rejection of losing that reputation with those that you want acceptance from. And it may not necessarily be from the person that's spreading the rumor, but it's the people that could be listening to that rumor. There's another situation where um, it, it was a former business relationship we parted ways. I parted quietly. And this individual, out of their narcissistic sociopath t- tendencies, had to play the victim and had to spread a lot of horrible lies about me to a lot of people I'd known for a long time. And what mattered more to me was the happiness in my life than having to defend my honor, if you will. Because I realized something about rejection and about lies and rumors. And I, I want you to take ear to this. Because if you find yourself at the receiving end of negative gossip and rumors, it's going to show you the people that you matter most to. Because the ones that really value your friendship, they really value who you are in their life. And if they get wind of these rumors and gossip, and it doesn't seem to align with the person they know in you, if they value your friendship, they will come to you. If they value acceptance of that group more than your friendship with you, then they're going to hop onto the haterade train and you're going to feel ostracized. But what that's going to tell you in this modern era is that's not a group that you want to be a part of in the first place. Because if they think that little of you to spread negative rumors and gossip, those are not the kind of people that you want to be around because the only people you should be surrounding yourself with are those that challenge you and charge you to be a better person, not draw you down to a negative quicksand cesspool. You want people to, that want the best for you, not pull out the worst of you. Let me repeat that. Rejection from people can be a very good thing in the workplace, social circles, romantic. Because if you're rejected, there's something about you that they didn't value. If this is in a social circle, this is a group, maybe a group you hang out with and negative rumors begin to spread about you, falsified, maybe for some amount of truth, only the people that really value your friendship more than they value the acceptance of that social group, only those will come to you and ask and actually confront you and ask you, what's going on with this? Because this doesn't align with the person I know in you. This seems weird. What's happening? Now you get the truth. In my 20s, I, it would really, because again, I, I was so driven to have the acceptance of, of everybody. I, I, I couldn't stand the fact of anybody ever not liking me. And over time, I began to realize you could give somebody the absolute best of you 100%, and there's still going to be something about you they just don't like. <laughs> could be your face, 
could be your hair color, could be the way your eyes are shaped, could be the, the, the shirt you wear. They just don't like you. They reject you. If somebody's going to reject you for something as petty as that, that's not a quality person to have in your circle to begin with. Really. If somebody's going to reject you because you like crunchy peanut butter and they like creamy, well, that just shows you how petty that really was. In the social dynamic, what I've seen rejection really be rooted from is people are going to really reject you for a couple of reasons. They are either jealous of you or they're afraid of you. And so rather than raise their standard to become a better person, they would rather try to discredit you and make themselves look better. But the interesting thing, and I'll encourage you, if you're you know, in your teens and 20s and you're facing this kind of scenario, I want you to understand that this is going to be a continual behavior pattern of these people and they're not going to be trusted. So the people that are actually listening to their negativity, their hate, their angst, their, their rumors about you, you're not going to be the first person, which means the more that they do this, the less credibility they have. And those that do listen, that those that do jump onto their train want acceptance by them, not really by you in the first place. So they weren't really your friends. Oh, and it hurts though, because you probably valued the relationship more and now you realize how little they value the relationship with you. And that stings. I get it. But the one thing that, that I began to really understand is self-esteem, self-confidence, self-worth. These are all things that are controlled by yourself. And should never be rooted in the opinions of others. And that is not something that comes easy by human nature. And I'm not saying I've mastered it, but I'm definitely much farther along now than when I was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15, 20. And every time I face a sense of rejection, I have a decision to make. Am I going to allow this opinion of this individual, this negative opinion affect me and how I view myself, my self-esteem, my self-worth, my, my, my self-confidence, or am I going to be like, screw that, man. If you're going to reject me, you have lost all opportunity to influence who I believe I am. Screw you. Because who I am is because of all that I've faced, all that I've come through. And you were here for a brief blip. Maybe it's been a best friend of a year. Well, you know, take the good memories for the year and then move on. They just showed you the reality of where they valued you in their hierarchy. And so rather than, than, than deal with rejection from an emotional position, lean more towards the logical approach. Really think through rejection. Are they rejecting you or are they actually needing acceptance from other people and they're just using you as a scapegoat? Still doesn't mean it doesn't suck and that it's not right and it's not fair, but life isn't supposed to be fair. So that is an expectation that is partly controlling your emotion. And look, I like, like anybody, I do not like pain. I just don't. And you know, in 
with people in your life that have a level of influence, when they, when their actions and behaviors do not align with your desires, it's going to create an emotional reaction. But unless you want other people to control you, it is necessary for you to take a step back out of your emotional response, out of your emotional conditioning, and look at it logically as if you're an outside third party looking in. And that is a very healthy way to look at it because if you allow your emotions as a reaction from other people's rejection to control how you are, how, how you talk, how you treat other people, because you're looking for footing, you're looking for certainty, you know, you know, the, the Columbine shootings that, you know, the, the term going postal is when people feel taken advantage of, they feel rejected and they want to inflict that sense of pain on other people. Because again, that, that you know, that, that emotional condition from our hunter gatherer days of fear of being ostracized is equal to that of sheer physical pain. And when you're rejected by those that you ultimately do want acceptance from, and look, you know, when it comes to coworkers, man, here, here's the crazy thing, right? So we spend, I mean, if, if your shift's eight hours, you're spending 40 hours with people. When you get home, how many hours a night do you spend with your friends and with your family? Maybe two, three hours a night before everybody goes to bed? So you're spending 20, only 25% of your time with the people that really honestly matter most to you. And you're spending 60% of your time with those that you're going to just earn a paycheck to support your family. And because we want the work environment to be copacetic, we want it to be fun. We want it to be thriving. We want it to be uh, uh, an environment uh, of, of support. We want to be accepted by all these people. We don't, things to, we don't want things to go wrong. But these are all strangers. They don't give a shit. They're there for a paycheck. And they're there to exercise a sense of control if they can. It's like going back to junior high and high school. It's kind of the same thing. But everybody's getting paid. So take a step back and really allow people to show you their true colors. And if people reject you, move on. They just did you a huge favor. They just showed you that you don't matter as much to them as they matter to you. And you know what? Move on. Invest more of your energies in, in, in people that matter that have proven to you over time that matter. And if you have a new budding friendship, it's probably because it was in the waiting so that these other people that were not as important could show their true colors and be removed from your life. And those, those moments of rejection showed you it's an easy way to disconnect and move on because you're probably a nice person. You probably have a lot of heart. I, I have uh, empath tendencies. I can sense when things are not exactly right or when things are impending. It's weird. I used to discount it and discredit it, but I began to realize that this was a, a, um, a valuable tool. And I wasn't trusting it in the beginning. I belittled it, you know, discounted it until I began to see how much, how right it was. Maybe you have that. But rejection is really such a huge emotional factor in our life. And it can really be detrimental to the long-term health for yourself when it comes to, you know, all the things about yourself that you need to be controlling. Don't allow other people to control that for you. 
like my marriage to my wife, you know, I told her before we got married, honey, it is not your job to make me happy. Happiness is my choice, regardless of how things are going. And my wife and I faced a lot of, a lot of tribulations and trials together, not between each other, but because of things going on around us, people we knew, circles, um, you know, uh, you know, business ventures, uh, uh, we just faced a lot of things. And, you know, my wife will say, honey, you're not acting the same. Like what's going on? You seem really short or you're more withdrawn. You know, I want to talk about it. And, you know, again, I'm a person where when, you know, I, I think worst case scenario, because that for me is unveiling the uncertainty of fear of well, what if this happens? What if that happens? So I begin to go through internally all of the worst case scenarios so that I have a chess move ready that I can prepare myself logically so that I don't get impaired emotionally. Because, you know, when, when things get extremely stressful and uh, there, there is a, a tremendous sense of fear of rejection or things going wrong uh, that can be paralyzing, overwhelming, especially with the things that we value most and those things are threatened. And so I have to logically find a way to work through it. That's where I've found the ability to do that. It just takes me some time because it, it's an internal battle of logic versus emotion. And I always want my logic to win. I do not want to be led by emotion because that never ends well, even positive. And I tell, I, I tell people, you know, hey, if you don't want negativity to affect you, you don't really need to allow positivity to affect you either. It needs to be net net. Accolades, great, appreciate it, but doesn't make you feel any more, any better for your, in yourself than if you never heard it. Uh, now, I know it feels great to have support and have people feel as though they believe in you, they you know, accept you. But it didn't make sense. People don't want negativity, but yet they're so driven for positivity. And that's when I realized, well, I need to put as much importance into positive accolades from people as I do negativity, especially social media trolls. Oh my God. And all they're doing is basically opening up their jacket and showing you their insecurities. That's all it is. Don't engage it. Cause that's what they're looking for. They're looking to know that they have a sense of control over you. And that might be rejection from other people too. It might be rejection from a boss, a supervisor. It could be a friend because they're going through some pain and they're trying to get a reaction from you. They're trying to control you because they are jealous of the fact that maybe you can stand strong on your own two feet and they don't like that. So they want to see if they can get a rise out of you. There's one guy I knew, and he really seemed to get off on just getting under people's skin. Like, literally got off on it. That was, that was a joy for him. And he was always egging me on, really trying to get me to, uh, to bite on that bait. And one day I told him, I was like, dude, just quit. It's not funny. And this is in front of a group. You're really acting like an asshole because this is not the kind of things I like to, you know, get into, even debate. I don't care. I don't care about whatever you think I'm supposed to be caring about. You're just making yourself look like an idiot. And the fact that you and I are discussing this right now is really a waste of my time. I was just tired of it. Because it's, you know, a circle of, uh, of my friends. And this was one of those friends that was tolerated. And I was tired of it. Just flat tired of it. Got defensive, felt rejected. You know, the whole ripple effect. I'm like, look, dude, you know, look, I'm tired of it. I keep telling you, I don't want to engage in this, but you don't listen. You keep trying to, to draw me out in some debate about really a, a non-issue that's just ridiculous. What are you really looking for? Are you just trying to get my attention to, to have a conversation? 
So I'm always open for conversation. Let's grab a cup of coffee. Let's go have a talk. You need to talk about something. You, you know, did I, did I offend you in some way? Or do you need help with something? But right now what you're doing is really driving me further away from you because right now I want nothing to do with you ever again. That's what your angle here, bro. <laughs> so again, it, to step back out of the emotional environment of the rejection and look at it from a, why is this happening? Not why is this happening to me, poor me, but why is this happening? Why did this person act this way? And really search through the cause and effect. That's going to allow you to have way more control over the situations when you're facing rejection. If you're facing the rejection of where you really feel like you're about to get axed at a job, okay, then just get an action plan together. Be preventative, be preemptive. Not to say that you're going to quit, but be prepared. Be prepared for your, you know, plan B. You know, if let's say you're dealing with a lot of negativity with your social circle, okay, what's the worst that could happen? Everybody then rejects you. Okay, well, what's the worst that can happen? Find some new friends. Easy. Could play pool, you could love bowling, working out, running. Just being a good person, sparking up a conversation with an absolute stranger, you can be you can find that next best friend at the next coffee shop you go to and you ask somebody at the table, hey, what's your name? I see you here. I, I see you here often. What do you do? What's been something exciting that's been happening in your life this year? That's how you get to know people. Move on from there. There's always going to be an open door. Rejection doesn't mean that life is over. Rejection just means that that time period with that individual has now come to an end. And you'll be able to realize when you look back, it actually did you a favor because there was something else greater about, about, about to present itself and it wouldn't have a place unless that rejection had happened. And that's the nugget that I really want you to take away from this because rejection just means it's the end of something as something else is about to present itself and it needed a place in your life to get some footing and to make an introduction. Don't despise rejection. It's innate in us that comes from a long time ago of preconditions, but it doesn't mean that it has to control the outcomes of your life at this point. Rejection is always going to happen in many different ways. But when you look at it as an opportunity of, okay, wow, what's coming next? So this relationship didn't work out. Okay, wow, what can I learn? How was I a contributor to this? And then, wow, you know what? I look forward to the next because I'm going to be a better person because of it. Maybe somebody's rejecting you because they feel rejected by you. Okay, try to talk it out. If it's, if it's a relationship that you do value and there was some history of trust there, give it your best effort. But then if ties have been severed, pains are too big, move on. Just move on. Because it's your life. It is your life to decide who you allow in, who, who you want to put out in the hierarchy of who has earned your vulnerability, who's earned your attention, who's earned your trust, who's earned that opportunity in your life that even the remote sense of an opinion could affect you. Who are those people? Because they're brought into your life and they stay in your life because of your choice. 
rejection, how you respond is your choice. If you get caught up in the emotion and you get caught up in the self-deprecating train, well, that's a, that's a choice that you're putting into yourself. The, you know, when uh, the, the Columbine boys, uh, the people that go postal, uh, you know, the, the people that respond to rejection in their life and, and get violent to other people in their life because of it, that's a choice. They're giving into the conditions of that fear. Doesn't mean that you have to continually put yourself in the midst of that. How you react to everything is your choice. The actions you take as a result are your choice. Every 35,000 decisions every day. Rejection's a big one. It's a big driving force because it, it's fear. But how you react should be more logical than emotional. And when you notice yourself becoming emotional, that's when you begin to have enough self-awareness and enough self-confidence and enough self-esteem to want to take a step back because you want to be a better person because of it, not a victim of it. Because if you're a victim of rejection, then you're allowing that emotional pain to control you. People say everything happens for a reason. I do not believe that at all. My belief is things happen. You choose to give it the reason you do. I hope you guys found this encouraging and helpful because rejection's a tough one, man. If you have questions, send, send me a message, man. Uh, Instagram, you know, Facebook, uh, you know, here uh, on this platform, you know, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, whatever. You know, in, on Instagram, 35K a day, I personally manage that. That's my thing. And I love it because I love the messages I get from people, love the comments, I love the people that I'm connecting with. It's just amazing. Love it. Love that sphere. Been in social media for a long time. But if you have anything at all, questions, a topic, need some help, right? Unless if it like, you know, hey, there's hotlines when you're feeling really dark. Uh, I'm not certified to help you out of that dark place. But hey, maybe some of the ways that I deal with my struggles can be helpful. Really do. I got some plans for this podcast. I'm going to be sitting down with some really good people. And one person I really want to sit down with is Lance Armstrong. That for me is a goal. I've admired that man for a long time. And a lot of people hate him because they put him in a position to where, you know, he, he brought so much value of <sighs> do good. I've been a cyclist since I was 12. I admired the guy for a long time. And <clears throat> he's faced incredible odds in life amazing dethroned you know and just flogged in society and uh i'm just amazed of how he's been able to face all that he has and all the struggles and in this day and age by literally being wrecked over the coals and losing all the support he had gained over the years and wake up and still have a life of purpose i want to talk to the guy the resilience he had to find through that, the humility, the, the, the self-awareness he had to embrace. Because for most, that would crumble them. Lance is a guy I really want to sit down and talk to. Truly. A lot of good people actually want to sit down and talk to. And really discuss the choices they had to make that pulled them through tough times. The choices they had to make when their ethics were on the line. The choices they had to make when... 
They either stayed in a particular path of certainty or took a risk on a path of uncertainty. And how did they deal with the struggles? Because we all do. And I, I want to sit down with people that can have a story to tell about using their greatest power of choice to overcome insurmountable odds and still decide to get up and use their 35,000 daily decisions to make themselves better instead of being a victim. That's what I'm so excited about this podcast. Thank you so much for your support thus far. And again, all I ask is if this has brought you some value in some meaningful way, all I ask is that you share it with a friend. That's it. That is it, man. Thank you for tuning in. Really do hope this was encouraging. Until next time, be great.